Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. Wide World on Money FM 89.3. The BBC has got an upcoming production called Earth premiering on BBC Earth in Singapore. At the end of November, it is going to be an amazing series. Here to tell us all about it, Rob Liddell, the executive producer of the series Earth. Joining us on the line, uh, he's currently in Bali. Rob, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, good to talk to you. Great to have you with us. And thanks for taking time to, to talk to us a bit about the series. Give us an overview, please, of, of what we can expect from this brand new monumental series that uh, you're executive producing. Absolutely. It's, it's um, an extraordinary story. We're, 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 trying, we're telling um, a four and a half year biography of our planet, the sort of interweaving story of how the Earth evolved and the life that, you know, um, uh, uh, the planet supports. Um, shifted and changed and, and how each really shape each other's um, uh, trajectory. And, and it takes um, the viewer back to some extraordinary moments in the planet's past where, um, uh, 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 where, where the, the whole planet was being reshaped to create the very things that we take for granted in, in the world today, from you know the blue sky above our heads to the soil beneath our feet, how all of that came about. So it, it's quite an you know, incredible story. Um, again, just to reiterate, Rob, in case anyone missed that, you, you said it's going to be a 4.5 billion year journey, this TV series. Is that correct? That is correct. And the, the timescales are, as you, I, I can hear in your voice, are phenomenal. I think, yeah. you know, when we think that, that, you know, modern humans, homo sapiens have only been around for about 300 to uh, 200,000 years, we're, we're talking sort of several orders of magnitude more than that. And the story is extraordinary, too, for the fact that, 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 you know, life actually forms on the Earth very early after it starts, you know, it's sort of um, uh, 4, 4.2 or 4 billion years ago. And then there's sort of two, um, over 2 billion years where things don't seem to, to move uh, much. It's very hard to see stuff in the fossil record. And then suddenly... Um, from about 500 million years ago, so relatively recently in all of that time, um, uh, the world really transforms as life bursts um, uh, out into, into the macro scale, into the sort of things that we, hmm. can, we could see and touch. And just to add to that, I mean, before we get into the technical details of how you produce a show like this, at the planning stage, how on earth, pun intended, do you decide what goes in and what goes out when you're looking at four and a half billion years? How do you make those kinds of colossal decisions? You know, that, that, that was one of the really big challenges of the series. And I think, you know, the BBC and um, uh, BBC Studios is really known for creating these huge landmarks, you know, whether we're thinking about the David Attenborough you know, um, a natural history series or some of the space science um, things that we do. And, 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 and this series um, fits into that mould. It's, it's glossy, it's big, the, there's absolutely outstanding VFX that take you back in time. But, but one of the real secret ingredients in all of these projects is having a bit of time to really think about what these films are going to be and really explore the science and explore what the story is that we're trying to tell and and we have the great privilege of having a bit of time to be able to do that and really speak to to experts and 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 begin to understand you know what what things seem to jump out to us as as fascinating moments um in the series and sometimes it's really weird things there's an extraordinary 
there's an extraordinary period in Earth's, Earth's um, history um, uh, where plants have just made it onto land. They've just come out of the ocean about 500 million years ago. Um, but the landscape at that time was dominated by fungi, by mushrooms that were eight meters tall. You know, that's bigger wow. than some houses. And, and so you, you immediately get a sense of this com- completely alien landscape. And, and, and so what we tried to do with the series was to look back at... I, I like to think that each episode follows the story of two characters. One is the planet, the sort of geological body, mm. and the other is life itself. And, and the mm. episodes all pivot on a moment where those two characters intersect with each other. So we looked back... Nice through Earth's history to see these moments where the planet changed life or life changed the planet. Um, and life does, is a force. Hmm. Um, you, you know, um, it's life that creates oxygen that totally chemically changes the atmosphere. And in turn, that oxygen literally rusts the surface of the planet and the oceans and creates, you know, up to 4,000 new minerals that, that exist on Earth but don't exist anywhere else in the solar system. We're talking with Rob Liddell, the executive producer of the new BBC series Earth, which is going to premiere here in Singapore the end of November. Rob, just on that on that one point, there are a variety of scientific opinions, everything uh, all along the spectrum from, you know, four and a half billion years all the way to, oh, the Earth is just a few thousand years old. And we won't go into that section right now because I think that's been fairly well debunked. But when you're looking at your scientific experts to to really zone in on on some of these points that you're talking about, the intersection of the, the physical planet and the and the life on it, how do you decide which scientific voices you're going to listen to? Because uh, there there are some variations in what in what scientists do believe about the early origins of the planet. I mean, it, it, it's always tricky with all science on this front. And I think that, that one of the important things to do um, is, is really some thorough journalism around it. And so, um, uh, you know, something the BBC is also known for. And, and uh, what we did is speak to lots of people. In, in the course of the programme, we, we actually closely consulted with over 200 different scientists. And in partly that is because when you're looking at four and a half billion years, that, that actually the scientists, whilst they look at big chunks or very big sections, um, you need actually to talk to lots of people to build up that picture across that, that mm-hmm. time because they tend to specialise in certain, certain areas. But the other thing is it's very tricky. It, it, scientists will all admit that the, the evidence base, the, the things that they can go on to understand how the, the, uh, you know, what happened in Earth's deep history is, is, is very patchy and then based on, on you know, very, um, uh, uh, very you know, small amounts of evidence. And so different schools of science often um, draw on different types of evidence to, to look back into Earth's past. And so really the challenge for us was to talk to a broad range of people to try and create, what, to understand what we, we, we felt was the, the, the consensus view. Where there isn't something like that, a consensus view, we, we try to be clear about the, the lack of understanding or that, that we've you know, taken one well-respected view um, to be the, the, the main one that we explore. And once you've gathered your evidence, Rob, and you start putting the show together, you've decided what elements, what incidents in history you're going to use, I'd love to know how you execute them. I mean, for example, I'm reading that you're going to show us the first raindrops on the planet and how they turned into this water world. I mean, that just sounds staggering to me. Tell me a bit about that and how you execute something like that on the screen. Yeah. 
I will. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll talk about both those things. So <laughs> this is what I mean about the fact that, that the series is able to sort of um, uh, tell, uh, you know, bring the viewer um, to look at the things that we take for granted um, uh, 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 and look at them anew. And, and in Earth's early period, you know, very, you know, not long after it formed, um, there was virtually no atmosphere. Space essentially cuts the ground. And, hmm. and then as the atmosphere formed by um, volcanic eruption erupting gases out of the uh, out of the planet and sort of further sort of asteroids and, and comet strikes. Um, it had this, it, the planet was exceedingly hot, so hot that, that water couldn't exist on the, on the ground. It was just too hot. It would evaporate up. So the entire, uh, there's essentially an ocean of water um, trapped in Earth's atmosphere. It had very thick um, clouds. But but the planet does cool, and it, as it cools, and you know this is in the first um, uh, a few hundred million years after it um, uh, after it formed, um, as it cools, eventually it cools enough for for the for raindrops to form in these clouds and start to fall. But those raindrops still don't get to the ground because it's still too hot. They, you know, I actually, um, as someone who comes from from uh, you know um, from London in, in Britain and um, over here in Asia, you know uh, I, I get a sense of some of the heat. Uh, you know the the, the 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 raindrops initially evaporate until eventually the planet cools enough for those first drops to hit the ground. Uh, and what ensues is 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 you know what you you could potentially describe as a biblical type, uh, kind of flood as as, as the uh, the oceans rain out onto the surface. But to tell that story to the viewer and to tell almost all of the stories in the series, we, we, we really um, uh, uh, fall back on um, creating what we think is some of um, the latest cutting-edge um, uh, VFX and CGI sequences that, that we, we've been able to bring to television. So that whole story of, of, of a raindrop and how it moves from, from this upper atmosphere down to the ground is told in photoreal um, VFX. And, and actually, that is an incredibly dramatic scene. Mm. It, it might sound slightly esoteric, but, <laughs> but actually, I think when you come to watch it, you'll find that you're completely swept up in the journey of these, these raindrops I, as, I they, yeah. as they that, plummet towards That just the sounds earth. absolutely unreal. I, I can imagine seeing it on screen. Yeah. It's going to look utterly extraordinary. Yeah. You know. Rob, tell us a bit more about the tech. Did you have to develop any new tech? Did you have to take current tech to its to some new limits uh, to tell this story? Uh, you know, obviously you're going to have to make up a lot of the visuals because uh, there, there isn't anything that, that you can reference in, in the real world um, in terms of live video or anything. Eight meter high mushrooms. You know, exactly. Eight meter high mushrooms. But but tell us about there, that. There, there aren't, no. <laughs> Not too many anyway. Uh, yeah. But, but do tell us about that the use of tech and yeah. development of it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a real big challenge. And, and then the series in total has, I think, 97 minutes of of um photoreographics across the the the, the five episodes and wow. so that's that's more than a sort of you know feature film's worth and it's been a huge project for us to undertake this which which we've done in collaboration with some uh uh, uh brilliant partners and um they uh, the, the approach really has been to to, to lean into as much of the latest technology we can we can get out there, and uh, I mean the challenge is very high. First of all, I think we should say is that that you know we are all you and I are deeply familiar with with our world with the Earth. We know what a rock looks like. We know what a sunset looks like, and 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 you know it's not like creating something 
for you know what the inside of the human body might look like or what you know mm-hmm. deep space might look like because those are sort of two two worlds that that we can only imagine here you know you know instantly if it's wrong so it's a very high bar to get it right um, what what are the team we work with a company um, based in in Bristol called Moonraker and 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 what they've been brilliant at doing is really leaning into um, some of the technology that's already out there. So there's a lot of Earth observation technology. Hmm. So there's a lot of satellites in space. There's a lot of um, uh, kit. We use a lot of the, a lot of lidar, um, which is sort of a laser that can scan the the ground. So we were able to take actual elements of the Earth today uh, to be able to use them as elements um, in the program. So, for instance, there's a, a, a sequence that 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 um, uh, takes place over an evolving you know, river that, that sort of charts, actually I, I mentioned slightly before, charts the story of, of um, uh, microscopic plants trying to leave the water. And there we're, they were actually able to use a real LIDAR scans of a uh, real riverbed as the basis for the for, the, um, uh, for the, the graphics. Now, large amounts of it is then really remade and made up in the computer, but, but finding individual things of actual, mm. what you could call organic and natural um, things that allows you to take three or four steps in the direction of it feeling really plausible. Um, and, and then the, the, the software that, that is out there for recreating some of these things, often actually you know, driven by... Um, you know, it's, 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 all of this is being driven by both high-end Hollywood movies and by the games industry. But the software for this is is incredible, and what it can do in terms of creating those kind of rock textures and 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 and, and the way that water interacts with things um, uh, is really amazing at the moment. Hmm. Rob, I love the phrase you opened with when you said the episodes look at how the planet influenced life and how life then influenced the planet. So, of course, I've got to think Mm. about human intervention, human interaction. How far up to the present do you get in terms of human life affecting the planet? Do you get that far or is it quite a historic journey? We do. No, we do. We get the the final episode. It's called Human and it tells us, it takes us for the final leg of the story, um, which is from the, the, the death of the dinosaurs uh, 66, 65 million years ago to, to today. And, and some of the other episodes do touch on it. I think one of the things that was remarkable, one of the things that actually emerged from the series, is that when we look back at all of these transformative moments, it, it became apparent of, about halfway through making the, uh, making the documentaries that, that all of our stories really pivoted on moments of, of, of extraordinary climate change. And uh, these are historic moments. Now, not always warming. I mean, one of the episodes does tell an extraordinary warming story of a volcanic eruption in, in Siberia, well, what is now Siberia, that lasted, um, uh, uh, I think, around 10 million years and, and caused a dramatic and cat- uh, catastrophic warming of the planet and a mass extinction. But also cooling. One of my favourite episodes is called Snowball, and it, it follows the story of how 800 million years ago... Um, uh, Earth's temperature plunged, and and it actually froze solid to the equator for over 50 million years. The entire planet hmm. um, completely completely covered in ice, uh, and the story of how life managed to survive and eke out an existence in that extreme environment, and and in fact um, seemed to come out the other side um, and take a giant leap forward, um, is, is really fascinating story. And so, 
we didn't set out to make a series about climate change, but it, it, is, it becomes clear, as I say, that, that, that much of the things that have shifted on the planet have been driven by these, these um, periods of change. And then you can't help but, but make those links yourself. And, mm. and, and that's where most of the series leaves it with the viewer to, 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 to draw, draw, join the dots. But the final episode is, is, is more explicit and looks at the, the, the fact that humans have now become a force are rapidly changing the climate of the planet and, and changing it at a faster rate than, than um, uh, nearly any time since the, the death of the dinosaurs. And, and it, mm. w- what the series can do is, is it provides lessons from the past about what a f- the future may be um, if, if, the, you know, if the science is right and if the, if the change continues at the, the pace that it does and that... that the, the, the planet and life has survived incredibly um, well through these enormous change events. Um, uh, however, it, it, it's very rare that the, the species that dominates um, going into one of these events is the species that dominates um, um, out of it. In fact, oh, it never happens. Oh, and so life is tenacious, the planet is tenacious, but the individual species... And of course, humans are, are are the dominant species at the moment. Uh, tend to be the things that perish. <laughs> dominant species at the moment. Yes, <laughs> and they tend to perish. Look, look yeah. out for a cockroach well, future. <laughs> you know, it, it, um, it's very so. And I, I so um, uh, we have this episode. I talked about the Siberian traps um, eruption, and um, that that tells the story of the the Permian mass extinction, which is the. The, the greatest extinction in, in Earth's history, um, over 90% of all life died. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes 10 million years after that um, extinction event mm-hmm. for the range of biodiversity to, to come back. 10 million years. And as I say, humans have been, um, Homo sapiens have been on this planet for about 200,000 years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just to put those things in context. But it's not all, it isn't all negative. I think there you know, if we can pull ourselves out of the equation slightly. The other extraordinary thing about that is that that also ushered in the age of the dinosaurs, which is the most successful period of time for any, you know, one uh, uh, cadre of animals. Um, The the dinosaurs, you know, were around for 150 million years. So Mm -hmm. from disaster comes hope. Um, uh, But but it, it may well be sobering for us. Interesting, Rob. We have to leave it there. Rob Liddell, the executive producer of the BBC series Earth that is going to be premiering on BBC Earth in Singapore at the end of November. Very much appreciate your time today, Rob. This is fascinating. And uh, congratulations. We look forward to seeing the series. And perhaps we can have you on in the future when we get a little bit more uh, feedback from our viewers as to what they liked about it. And maybe they'll have some more questions for you. But in the meantime, thank you so much. It'll be a pleasure. Thanks. Nice to talk to you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcast at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.